On this episode of Common Mystics, we talk with a master mystic and exceptional psychic medium whom we ourselves aspire to be like. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. We are Common Mystics, and we are so excited to talk with you today and share our very special interview. I'm dying. I'm so excited. Okay, guys. She is a highly sensitive empath and psychic medium. She is the co-host of Enlightened Empaths Podcast. She is an educator with a background in special education, and she holds advanced degrees in educational leadership. Today, she is a professional psychic and psychic medium, and she holds classes to teach young mediums like ourselves. Please welcome Denise Correll. Thank you again for doing this. We are so excited. We're so excited. We're going to try so not to excited fangirl. to be here. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> well, let's get right into There's no fangirl. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe your relationship with the paranormal growing up? Uh, I was really lucky that uh, my father was an intuitive medium. Of course, he didn't call it that. He was just regular, down-to-earth, working-class guy. Uh, but I grew up with being taught to listen to that little voice, follow your heart, trust your gut. Um, you know, it was really normal to, at home anyway, to talk about spirit or feeling energy or any of those things. So I grew up with that. But then outside of that that nuclear family, you, you can, it's really hard to transfer that because a lot of people, especially back when I was a kid, that's not a normal world. That's That's not normal. So I feel really blessed that I grew up with that, but also um, it took a long time to finally step into it and say, it's okay to be this way. Mm. How would you describe the difference between psychics and psychic mediums? A psychic is intuition. You're reading the aura around someone, the energy, you're picking up on premonitions. A lot of time, claircognizance or uh, clairsentience, where you just know things or sense things, that's more of a psychic thing. You might It might come through with dreams. It might come through with getting signs from spirit, whereas mediumship is connecting more to something else. And it may be you're connecting to a loved one in spirit. It may be that you're connecting with um, the angelic realm or with guides and, and, and uh, guardians. I mean, there's so many different realms of existence. And I think that for me personally, it feels different. Like it, it's a different vibrational level when I connect with someone or something in spirit versus another person on this plane's energy. Wow. And when you realized you were a medium, how, how did that impact you? Uh, and, and that's, so for a lot of folks around, well, when they're little kids and then they shut it off, but then again, around late teens, early twenties, there's usually another big surge and that's when kind of the gates blow open for a lot of people. It can be overwhelming. That's why my own personal opinion, I think there's a lot of people that are highly sensitive or natural mediums that may self-medicate with substances to try to dull that a little bit or to shut it off because it's so mm-hmm. much to deal with. It's so hard to deal with. And then again, I think later in life, it circles back around again. But But what's really fascinating to me is that now we're seeing people coming in wide open and they're not shutting it off. Like the, the, the younger kids today, the babies coming in, they are these beautiful, beautiful rays of light. And they're just, they're not going to dull their, they're going to keep going with it. So, but I would say, you know, little kids, 
late teens, early 20s. And then again, in a lot of folks in their 40s and 50s get another big surge. How did you balance then your psychic life, quote unquote, with motherhood and then your professional life? Uh, not well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was almost like having an alter ego that mm-hmm. I, and I was a single mom. So I was in that whole world of, you know, 27 hours a day, always go, 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 working full time, all the things that, that we do when you do what you have to do. And I, I hid it for a long time. I was around people who discounted it. I was uh, in a relationship with my ex-husband. He wasn't a big fan. So I kind of shut it all down for quite a long time. And then, it, you know, if you're meant to open that door, spirit will revisit and revisit and revisit and say, how about now? Are you ready now? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened with me. So as far as finding the balance throughout all that time, of, I always call it being a closet psychic that you know, you're still reading the books, you're, you're watching the movies, you're trying to find like-minded people, but it's a, a very anonymous existence between that and your real life. What advice would you give to people who are struggling with um, opening up to spirit and, and having developed those talents? Well, let's see, this is, that's a great question because I think a lot of people are afraid or they're afraid that they'll be you know, swooped into some big vortex or that there'll be dark energies waiting for them. Or what if I can't, you know, step away from it? There's, there's a lot. And, and I don't think the media really helps that much, but that's a story for another day. I think learning to trust yourself and realizing my gut feeling, I think we all come this way. I think we all come intuitive and open and sensitive to energy And it's a choice of whether or not you want to open that door. And a big thing is if you can find a safe place to do this or do your own research, but like-minded people, and that's what's so fabulous about right now is everything is virtual. So I live in a very small town and this has been my life for years and years. And it's only been the last year or so that anyone around here even knew I did this because I kept it so anonymous from my real life. And I'm talking to people wow. all over the world. And yet no one in my little town even knew that I was a medium. So, I mean, it's really a choice of who you want to let in or how you want to. You can you can do this without having to, you know, and I always joke and say, it doesn't matter what closet you come out of. It's really about being vulnerable, being scared. Will I be ostracized? Will I be accepted? And I think for a lot of us that, are, that have or are struggling with stepping into that more fully, those are some of the things that we're trying to work through as well. Yeah. What you just described really resonates with me and I know it will with a lot of our listeners as well. Yeah. What you just described really resonates with me and I know it will with a lot of our listeners as well. So I guess my next question is how did you then come to fully embrace um, being a professional medium? Well, this goes back to, if, if this is a path you're meant to take, spirit will keep bringing it back, bringing it back. So several, many years ago now, about, well, doesn't matter, decades, uh, I was working with a woman and her husband passed unexpectedly. And I didn't really know her well. She was an administrative assistant in the, the building where I worked and, I, and he wouldn't leave me alone. Like I knew I'd never met this man. I wasn't friends with this woman. 
So I knew she was leaving. She was going to move back to where she had come from. And I said, well, I asked her, I said, are you a fundamentalist Christian by any chance? And she said, no, that's a really odd question. And I said, well, here's the deal. And I pulled her aside and I told her, you know, I sense spirit. I have been getting these feelings about your, your husband and how he passed and he wants to let you know he's okay. And, but the, the, the clue from spirit was she had the same name as my best friend in high school, which is a unique name and spelled really. So number one, her husband and my father had the same name, same profession, died at the same age. Our oldest sons have the same birthday. Our mothers have the same birthdays. Our other sons have the same names. We have the same kind of dogs. It was almost like, okay, Denise, you're damn well not going to miss this one. We're going to make it so clear that you're ready for this, that we're just going to, you won't be able to ignore it. And I think for a lot of us, we'll keep getting those signs or those nudges or those things that just keep nagging at you a little bit. It's like, wow, I think I'm on the right track with this. And then before you know it, it's full speed ahead and you can't turn back. So as you were, um, as you were realizing, like, this is really happening, I have a two-part question. One, were your abilities changing and growing? And two, how did you keep yourself from feeling like you're like a fraud? Like this can't really be happening because it seems so surreal, surreal sometimes. Uh, Exactly. And I think I get nervous between before every single reading. And I think that's a good thing because I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about spirit. I want to be the messenger. I get out of the way. It comes through me, not from me. And and I think that there's a really fine line with trying to make it about yourself, but I'd be a liar if I said I still didn't get anxious and and worried. And I'm I'm taking a class right now uh, online because I about a month ago, I thought, oh, I'm, I, I need to get my skills up. I'm not, you know, it's just that that cyclical pattern of self-doubt and worry. And it's one of my sons is very linear. And he, when I first started going more public with this and building it as a business, he said, so you hear voices that aren't there. You see things other people don't see. And people are going to pay you money to do this. And I said, Yes. And he said, you know, it's schizophrenia, right? And I said, no, it's not the same thing. I've worked on mental health units. It's not the same thing. But but I just think it's so distant for so many people. But it, it really is. Um, I feel blessed to be able to open that door and be the conduit. But it you you're spot on with it being a balance because sometimes you want to am I am I crazy? Am I losing it? Because it gets And it will come in these big waves and these ebbs and flow where it's almost overwhelming with how much you're absorbing. And then there'll be dust bunnies and tumbleweeds. And it's like, oh, is it gone now? Or is it going to come back? That's just part Mm -hmm. of the cycle of this. And that, um, and what I love, love, love about this work is you can never tap out. You're never going to learn everything there is to learn. You're never going to be like, oh, I, I have all of this. There's always something new. There's always a new level. I, I just absolutely love that. I love it too. What a good analogy for life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's just on the side, it is so reassuring for me personally to hear that you, who we both consider is a like master, master <laughs> that you still question yourself and wonder and, and, and continually like take classes and try to improve your skill. And with that, you also teach classes on mediumship, right? Yes. Yes. And you have an advanced <laughs> mediumship class coming up. <laughs> well, yes. Well, we are both really interested in that. 
And if like we, for instance, wanted to be a part of them, how, how does, how does that work? Oh, I will definitely pop you a note and I'll show you the little survey that we send out, but it's, it's kind of, it builds on the first course. The first course we teach is very basic stuff. It's learning to identify your clairs. It's, it's sensing, it's trying to make that connection. It's almost a combination between psychic and beginning mediumship because it's, there is, there's a blend between the two, but we work a lot on that. It's more of an evidential standpoint, which is incredible for any beginners is, you know, are you sensing a male or a female? Is there, uh, are you getting an age? Are you getting any physical reactions? We kind of help you tune into how your system of connecting with spirit works. With the advanced group, most of the people in that group already have that foundational skill or they're more confident or they've worked a little bit as a medium or they're feeling like, okay, I know my chakras. I know how I connect with spirit. I know how I pick things up or get my signs. And then we build on those skills in the second class. Okay. That's very cool. Very cool. And if our listeners wanted to learn a little bit more about your classes, they could go to your website, right? Yes. Or pop me a note, um, Denise at thegratefulmessenger.com. Okay. Perfect. So let's break down the process. This is going to be a fun part. Not that the beginning wasn't a fun part. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. We hear meditation, meditation, meditation. How big of a role does meditation play in for you, for your development and accessing your abilities prior to doing readings? I'm almost hesitant to say this because I don't meditate. I don't sit in silence. I love you so much. You don't understand. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> and and I almost feel like there's going to be people with with pitchforks running out of the woods at me. Like, oh, no, no, it has to be uh, because I, I I I journal every morning. For me, that's a form of meditation. It clears my brain when I walk in the woods with my dog. When I go to the river. When I'm by the ocean. For me, meditation is out in nature. It's when I'm quiet and alone out in. And for me, that's a huge huge time of spirit is to be out alone in nature. And that's, I, I'll do a walking meditation. So if I'm walking, I'll count my steps and just get into that repetitive thing, or I will, um, you know, just feel that energy outside. I, I don't do, I've tried, I've tried doing more traditional things. I, I do have insight timer on my phone and sometimes I'll listen to something as I'm walking, but I think meditation is whatever works best for you. And for some people, it may be through physical activity. It may be through walking. It may be through another thing. Uh, If I sit and do any kind of handwork, I crochet, I knit, I make jewelry, anything like that. It calms me down and I get into that rhythmic breathing and it shuts my brain off. So I think that's also a form of meditation. But you're right. If you go to any kind of place or class or teacher or mentor, they'll generally say, Oh, you have to meditate in a traditional way. And, and I just, I'm not wired that way. Oh gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. Cause we feel the exact same way mm-hmm. and feel guilty for not doing it. Right. Oh yes. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you have a client you're preparing for the reading. What does that look like? So I have uh, and this is a big thing is ritual and routine of you want to have some kind of a structure that you go into mode. So I have a prayer and a, a quick meditation that I do. It's just more of a, a mantra kind of thing that I repeat. I do it in the same sequence. I, um, I, you know, sometimes I'll smudge a little bit. I usually white, light a white candle. I hold space, but I don't, uh, this is another thing that some people think, oh, I have to meditate for an hour before I can do a reading. I think with practice, it becomes more automatic, but when you, 
institute some form of ritual and routine, it's almost like it's a signal to you to switch off ego and get ready to work, but it's also a signal to spirit. Okay. She's ready to work. Let's go. Mm. So if you, and, and it can be, if you're, if you have a religious background, it can be with traditional religion. It can be with, you know, uh, it does, that's, it doesn't matter what it is. It's more so about what works best for you. I love that. That's awesome. So as you are reading that, how do you receive information and then how do you discern whether it's you or it's really information you're receiving? Okay. So that's a a huge part of that is gaining self-confidence in practice because can, can we swear on the show? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I used to double guess the shit out of myself all the time. Am I really getting that? Am I making this up in my head? I would, obviously this, when I started, it was face-to-face stuff. We weren't virtual. It wasn't, you know, I was doing some phone work, but not like all the Zoom calls that I do now. And I would like watch and see. And if I, and and that's the thing, it's people, you can't help but watch facial cues or body language or, so then that adds to the doubt because you're thinking, oh, I'm trained as a behaviorist. Am I looking for the behaviors to validate what I'm getting? But then it gets to the point where you don't doubt yourself so much. And you just, and now in a reading, if someone's saying, "Mm, I can't, I'm not sure about that. I'll say, please put it on the back burner and come back to it later. It may make more sense. So I've gained more confidence in that. But sometimes, like for me, I'll get uh, willies. I'll get goosebumps from head to toe. I, I always know I'm in the zone mm. when I get that. Or it will come in, my my signs continue to grow. Or I'll get, I'm very clairvoyant. So I'll get like a picture in my mind's eye, my clairaudience. And that's what's really cool too. It doesn't matter what you start with. So if you're predominantly claircognizant and you're, uh, so you're claircognizant, you just know things and you're like, oh, I really want to be clairaudient or I want to be clairvoyant. It, it it all, it's sequential, it builds. So you might start out claircognizant, clairsentience, and then all of a sudden you start to get flashes in your mind's eye or you start hearing uh, song lyrics or you start sensing something or you start getting smells. So it, it continues, as I said earlier, to grow and evolve the more and more you do the work, but you'll you'll gain more confidence the more you do it. Is when you're, after you're done with the reading, do you have to shake off the energy or like close the door on it? How does that look when you're, when you're done reading? If I'm doing readings all day long, I'll open up in the morning and I'll ground myself. I'll pull energy up through my chakras. I'll do my prayer and meditation. I'll, you know, get everything ready. I'll hit the floor running and I'll do readings sometimes quite a few in the the course of a day. And then at the end of the day, I'll shut that down. I'll just do a reverse process where I shut my uh, chakras down, I close the chakras down, I push that energy back into the earth. And it's almost like, okay, I'm done now. And it took me a long, long time to be able to do that and not, not have energy hanging around, not to feel drained, not to feel uh, like something was wearing me down. So I think that that's really, really important is go into mode, do your work, but shut it off. Because if not, I think that's when people attract a lot of energy into their space or into their own auric field is when they're not turning it on and off. So, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine is when you'll see people and they'll say, I can never shut it off. And I go in a store and I'm thinking, there's no way in hell you could live that way. Stop it. That's not true. You, 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 I don't understand. I mean, are we sensitive to other people's energy? Of course we are. Do we walk through a big, uh, you know, box store or 
concert venue or something and pick up all that energy. Of course we do. But as far as constantly being bombarded, then my own personal opinion is you're not doing the work to turn yourself on and off and be of, it, it takes away from your ability to be of service to spirit if you're constantly on. Mm, that's a great point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've already talked about taking classes, but are there other things that one can do or that you do to stay sharp as a psychic and a medium? I, I really, uh, I read a lot of books about this or I will watch videos or I'll listen to, to spiritual podcasts or radio or I'm kind of a juju junkie when it comes to that, as far as that's what I love. That's what I am. That's what I do. And as far as taking the classes, one of the reasons that I love to do that or to be on the, the uh, forums or to it, it's community and it, it's nice. Like this, this one that I'm taking right now, it's just so nice to be around people like me and not have to explain it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a great point. Love that. So Jen and I wrote up some fun questions that we want to ask you. They're just, they're just fun and thoughtful. So let's do it. What tarot card do you connect with most and why? See, that's interesting because I, I love, love, love the tarot. I use it a lot in my work. I've had a deck since I was 17. It's just, it's, it's part of who I am using the cards. And I, I've, I, it's interesting. I would say the Empress, just because that's kind of my archetype is that mother nurturing energy is I want to Mm. nurture. I want to encourage, I want to support, I want to help people step into their creativity. And, and I, I guess I would have to go with that. Love that. Um, Ouija boards. What are your thoughts? Good, bad, stay away, burn. Okay. So I did some training at a spiritualist camp here in Maine years and years ago. I did a mediumship course at a spiritualist camp. And one of the people that was really big on the Ouija boards, personally, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I, I think it's a tool like anything else. So if, but my concern is with any kind of tool, any kind of divination, are you doing this for highest and best to connect with something that's at a higher vibration and frequency, or are you just opening the doors and letting anything come in? Because there is polarity, there is dark and light. I don't like dark in real life. I sure as hell don't want to bring it in from the other side. Mm, I love that. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what makes a psychic a good psychic? I think, and and that's an interesting question because as this gains more mainstream acceptance, as more people are opening up to who they really are or I see people, though, take a, a weekend class and then say, oh, I'm a psychic. I'm a medium. I'm ready. I'm in business. And for some people, that works beautifully. It's just that they needed that little nudge out the door. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think being really careful about being sure you're ready to do that, because when you, you'll get to a point, if you choose to do this, to read for other people, to make it more of a profession, to make it more of what your everyday life is, you get to a place where you can't turn back it becomes so much a part of your life and it defines a lot of aspects of your life. So I think really knowing you're making a commitment to yourself, to spirit, it's going to have an impact on your life is a really important thing to consider. Is there anything to woo woo that um, in metaphysical philosophy that, that you just cannot prescribe to? 
See, I have I have a background with some shamanic training. I'm a medium. I've done a lot of different modalities. I'm very open to that there's many realms of existence that we can tap into. So I'm open to that. But sometimes I think I, I'm not a big fan of the the darker stuff. I don't, that concerns me a little bit because I think people become really into that. They want to manifest it. They want to live in that world. And and that makes me a little uncomfortable Mm. just because it's not my energy. If that's what lights you up and you want to do, that's great. But please realize what you're doing and what doors you're opening and that Mm. it's not, it's not a party game. How do you recognize opportunities for spiritual growth when they come to you? Usually they come right out of left field. Like this class that I'm taking, I wasn't looking for it. It showed up on a feed and I was like, oh, that looks good. Uh, it, it just seems like when you're ready, spirit will put out those Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs, step here, step here, step here. And and I think because it's becoming more, we have podcasts, we have YouTube channels, we have TV shows, we have the, all of these things, movies, documentaries, people are getting bombarded with this whole uh plethora of options. So I would say go with what resonates most with you. If you're feeling like, oh, I really want to learn how to do energy work and Reiki, or I want to explore dreams, or I want to explore premise, there's there's an avenue to take, but just trust your gut and see what spirit brings to you. Do you ever find yourself saying, yeah, no, not today. Like, I know I should do this, (laughs) but yeah, I'm just, I'm just not ready right now. Do you ever find yourself saying that? Yes, all the time. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I will get a nudge and I'll, I'll almost be really, and I, I'm stupid, stubborn. I'm not going to pretend. I, I've changed that to, I have a lot of perseverance and tenacity. No, I'm stubborn. And, and sometimes <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing that right now. I don't want to. I'm not ready. And, and for me, it's a vulnerability thing, or it goes back to what you were saying, the imposter syndrome. I don't think I'm ready for this next step or I don't think anyone really needs or wants to hear that. Or it's it's those old patterns and loop tapes that we put ourselves through that can limit us from fully stepping into our power, our light, and our purpose. Right. But if it's meant to be, it'll keep coming back, right? Oh, yeah. it, just because you say not today, it, it's going to keep coming back to you. Yes. Kind of like the segue with that just a tiny bit is when people want it so much, they want it mm-hmm. so damn badly. And then it doesn't, I, why is it's not working? Why am I not getting the signs? Why? Because you're getting in the way you're, you're mm-hmm. not allowing, you're trying to control. Yes. That's such a fine line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. How can you, um, just to piggyback on that, how can you become aware that you're more controlling than allowing? Like what are, what is a surefire sign? They'd be like, Oh, that's what I'm doing. If I start, uh, perseverating, obsessing about a thought, pushing too hard, uh, overanalyzing, over-researching. Number one thing, anyone that's listening that wants to, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Because if you're truly doing this from your soul work to the soul of the universe, it will match your, you'll attract the people you're meant to work with. You'll also, if you're standing in your truth with this work, it can't be replicated. And there's an authenticity to that, which makes you unique. And and the people that you're meant to work with will resonate with your frequency and it will build and grow. Whereas if you're just trying to emulate someone else, you're never going to reach that place of truly stepping into your work with fullness. I love that. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. 
especially for us. Because okay. we, we work off each other and we compare ourselves. <laughs> we have the sister dynamic. So mm -hmm. I think that that's a good indicator for us. It is. It is. What psychic living or deceased would you most like to meet and learn from? Yeah, I when I you had sent me that question and I thought about it and I thought about, you know, all the, the famous mediums and psychics and intuitives have passed. But really, if I had a magic wand wish, I wish I could like sit and have a cup of coffee with my father and talk about this stuff at a level we never did when I was a kid. I just got goosebumps. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I really can connect sweet. with him in spirit and other mediums can bring him in, but I would just love to have a conversation. And, and because if you think back, uh, my father was from a generation where this wouldn't have been uh, men, men, you know, big burly men wouldn't mention, Oh, I can, sense spirit or I see things or I hear things that just wouldn't have happened. So the fact that he could do that at home, but I, I truly, that would be my person. I love that so much. So if you had the opportunity to give a message to a new soul incarnating for the first time, what would that message be? Wow. Stay true to your light. Ooh. Oh, I love that. That's really sweet. See, and that's a good example of getting out of the way because I started to choke and then that just came out of my mouth. So if you ever have those things just fly out of your mouth and you're like, ooh, that was good. And you don't really know where the hell it came from. <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> it's a good sense. It, that's a good sign. It's not you. It's spirit stepping in and say, okay, let me rescue your ass one more time. <laughs> Denise, you are so lovely and gracious, and I learned so much just from this conversation. And we're really going to take your class because I think that we we need to have better practice and structure. And I, I recognize your gifts are so amazing, and they seem so familiar. It's really odd. It feels very familiar to talk to you. Oh, where can our <laughs> listeners find you? You can. We have the. Um podcast with Samantha Fay and I, and that's Enlightened Empaths, and it's on all the major podcast venues. And if you want to find me specifically, it's thegratefulmessenger.com, or you can email me at denise at thegratefulmessenger.com. Enlightened Empaths and The Grateful Messenger both have Facebook page and Instagram if you're interested in either of those. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for being so gracious and generous with your time. Oh, thank you both. And I look forward to working with you both. Aww. All right. Bye, ladies. Thank well, you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Love okay. you. Love you, too. Bye. 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 Wow. That was amazing. I highly, highly recommend you check out Denise's podcast and her website at thegratefulmessenger.com. She has so much to offer. Honestly, I when I need a reading, she is who I go to, and she could not be more impressive. It shocks me every time. <laughs> All right, Jill. Well, tell the people where they can find us. Please check out our website, commonmystics.net. Check out our Facebook page and our Instagram account, Common Mystics. Also, check us out at Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a positive review so other people can find us. Generally, guys, we're pretty much out there everywhere you're listening to your favorite pods. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good night.